TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 541, and I am Olivia, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hey, this is Peter. I write for WhySoBlue.com, and I live in Hollywood. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Whedonopolis. All right, let's start off with the news. First up, we have that that 70s show is getting a sequel at Netflix with the original cast. So, yay, I guess. For those people who like that, have uh, any of this podcast? I <laughs> know, right? I have never 70s. seen an episode of it. Yeah, we've lived in the seventies. Did have any of us ever seen that show? <laughs> uh, I, right. I did that. I didn't need to there watch it on TV. Sort of come from the show I like. I mean, well, but... let, let, let me keep going with the news. Let me keep going with the news. Uh, Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow have both been canceled at CW. This is their last How many season. Season was with Legends of Tomorrow. It was a while, right? What do you mean it was a while? How, How many seasons of Legends? Batman, oh. Batwoman would be season would be three seasons. Right, which is Batwoman is only three seasons. Legends is probably like seven. Oh yeah. Like well, so Legends that's a good run. I mean that's it is, but they were not happy about it. They were trying to like drum up support on Twitter and stuff. So, uh, but the news just came down; it's been canceled. Um, also in the cancellation news, Space Force and Raising Dion have both been canceled at Netflix. I don't care about Space Force. I'm kind of annoyed by the Raising Dion one, though. Uh, oh, Space Force, Steve Carell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eh, I saw the pilot. It was okay. It was not. It's not a good show. So yeah, it's okay. Right. It's okay that got canceled. Dion, I never. It's about it's the good though. Yeah, it's pretty, that one's adorable, cute. It's a good show. I heard uh, it was good. I used, well, you said it was good, and I put it in my queue, but I haven't gotten around to see, it. See, it's your fault. You're. I the was reason. happy that. Um, or, <laughs> I mean, I can say. Happy. I was relieved that Netflix is Netflix is like they're either shutting down or severely they're canceling a lot of their animated stuff. Yeah, their however, kids shows are getting shut down. Yeah. However, Arcane because Arcane is is produced by Riot Games. That is actually they, I guess the the showrunner said no 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 we're deep into season two that's happening. So I was like oh thank God Good. because it's like, also not a kids show, it's not a kids right? show yeah right. right. Well, but it's animated. So yeah, but it's but they they were very specific. They're kids animated shows, or, or what's getting shut down. Anyway, uh, okay. uh, so Joey King is to star in We Are the Lucky Ones on Hulu, which is a Holocaust book. Um, for all of those who want a happy show to watch, uh, Pachinko has been renewed for season two at Apple. Yes, yay! Wait, I thought it was one. I thought it's a book. It is. It a, is, but they didn't do the whole book yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So oh, Pachinko cool. has been renewed. Uh, Melissa McBride is exiting the Carol and Daryl spinoff, which is confounding. Well, then it's not a Carol and Daryl spinoff then. Exactly. What oh, happened? I mean, what, are they I, replacing Carol with a different actress? No, they're not going to freaking replace Carol. Come like, on. Whoa. <laughs> no, what happened was they decided that they wanted to shoot the show in Europe. And Melissa McBride said that it was untenable for her to live in Europe. So she pulled out. Uh, so now, oh, apparently, it's just going to be a 
Daryl series, which I'm just like, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's what that's hap- that's happening there. People lost their minds on the internet, by the way, about that. Uh, Harley Quinn spinoff has been picked up by HBO Max. It's called Noonan's. And it's about Kite Man and Glider, somebody who are oh. going. Oh, are you talking about the cartoon? Yes. Oh, nice. The Harley Quinn cartoon animated series spinoff it's picked up at HBO Max. Like it's called Noonan's, and it's about Kite Man and Glider, someone who are going to open up a dive bar called Noonan's. Did they which... announce when we're getting the new season at Harley Quinn? No, they just announced the spinoff. That's all I got, man. It's been forever, like uh, which was it was a really good show. Well, if it's doing a spinoff, I'm sure they're not canceling the yeah, uh, you know, you're, yeah, the lead probably. show. All right, so let's start talking about the shows. First up, we're going to talk about the rookie, and this week's episode was basically a backdoor pilot for a potential new FBI rookie version, where we have a forty-something. Well, no, she's almost fifty. You're a woman who is in who is a FBI cadet. And she gets drawn into a case that Nolan and them are working on. And Nolan gets to basically be like the big brotherish kind of person who's like, oh, you can still do it. Your life experience will not let you fall out. You're not going to be able to run as fast as the other rookies. And he gives her the cool speech. And she's okay. Like, I don't mind her. And the case uh, is actually interesting. And it leaves on a cliffhanger, I believe. They didn't solve the case. So, um, I was wondering, Peter, you saw it before me. What did you think? I thought it was okay. I think that it's interesting because, um, Nathan Fillion and Nisi, Nisi, Nisi Nash, is that her name? I think so, yeah. They are both kind of, they have both been, like, as actors, they've both been pretty larger than life personalities. But I've always been surprised that Fillion on The Rookie is not, He's not like he is on Firefly. Like, he's he's a little more subdued. But Niecy Nash, I mean, she kind of felt like the same performance she always does. So I was like, well, I was like, I guess that could work as a... Like, if, you're, if you have fans of hers, just like Nathan Fillion had fans, I'm like, I guess I could see that. I, eh, I don't know. Sometimes I think, I, I feel like I'm not... I feel like she's always... I've liked her in supporting roles... Um, she kind of like lights up the room and brings like, brings some like life to scenes, but I'm like, I don't know. Nessa, I, I, I need to know more about our character because the character in the thing is her big thing is that she was a, uh, she was a guidance counselor. Right. I think. Right. Right. And she raised, so that she big... raised some kids and now her kids are done. Right. So that's her big hook is she has this kind of sense of family and community that she would bring in especially as a person of color and a woman to the FBI. So like that could be interesting. I guess I'm just, I don't know. I thought the, I thought the backdoor pilot was okay. I thought the case was kind of, eh. Well, like, I mean, I will say that the case feels a little obvious, but they left it on a nice enough cliffhanger that I'm like, okay, let's see where this is going. So I feel like I'm not going to judge everything on, on just the first episode, but I'd liked her. I don't know if I, I do, would, and I would probably watch the pilot, right? And I don't. I'm, I'm also going to say I'm not sure if I would tune in just for her. Did they make a pilot? Wait, now they make. Every, they're saying it's a vector pilot. Does that mean we get the new show next week? 
No, it means that next season, if the if enough fans like these episodes, then we would get her show next season. I think people. I think we also have to remember that just like you know, just like nine one one, you know, nine one one and the Lone Star. Are sh- oh, oh well, sure, and Lone Star. Those all three of those shows are sort of like they were sort of probably developed with a name star to kind of like be the reason to do shows. So you have Angela Bassett, you have Rob Lowe, you have Nathan Fillion. Now we have Nishi Nash. But honestly, the reason I liked all those shows, although to be honest, I have not seen the nine one ones in a while was because of the supporting cast. The reason I like the rookie now isn't really just Nathan Fillion. It's all the other actors. Right. And, so and that's we haven't, we haven't part. been, we don't know who she would surround herself with. We, we don't know Correct. that yet. Correct. And that's a huge part. I'm like, well, I need to know, like, do I like these characters too? And yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's not a bad idea. Like, it's an interesting thing. It's like, oh, so it's like the rookie cop, you know, who's in their middle age. And now you have the rookie FBI. I'm like, yeah, I I could see, I could see that as a pitch. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like, so I will, yeah, I'll give it, I will, you know, I'll, I'll watch the pilot or whatever if it comes out next season. So, but I'm not super excited. I guess no, that's my. No, no, I, I, I get you. I get you. I'm about the same place. Oh. Uh, all right. Uh, so, thumb up ish for the episode itself. I think it was a decent episode. It was a weird episode of the rookie because we didn't really get to spend a lot of time with everybody else. We spent so much time with her. But I was, I was okay with it. Um, so next up, we're going to talk about Better Call Saul. And this episode is actually episode three. And it's basically Nacho Big Goodbye, I guess is how you would say it. Because he is literally rocking a hard place. Like, he does his big escape, he runs, he does all these things. And he realizes that with both the cartel and everybody chasing him, that... There's no way that he could... I mean, even if he did escape, they're going to eventually realize they could go after his father. And there's no way for him to hide his dad. And so he basically decides to go out on his own terms, which I appreciated. But the whole thing was just super... Especially the thing that got me a little verklempt is when he calls his dad and he's trying to say, like, goodbye, but he doesn't want to actually literally say goodbye um that was super emotional so they got me there they got me uh allison your thoughts um i you know i love his character and i was i was hoping somehow that he was not i mean we never hear about him talked about later and i was hoping maybe he just got away somewhere you know and um but more and more it's it seemed really obvious that that was not going to happen and this was just a tour de force for Michael Mando. I mean, what a fantastic way to go out. You know, I mean, if, if you're going to have a character go out, this this was the this way to go it. out. Yeah, style. you got to show everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, this 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 should be for the Emmy reel. This was fantastic stuff. He was he was amazing through it and and just so incredible. And everything about the the last episode was interesting because I, I love the the scene where he's in the, the oil tanker. Right. And he immerses himself in the oil, you know, to hide. And when he comes out, it's almost like, like this baptism in oil 
where he sort of comes out reborn with this understanding that he's never getting out of this right. and, and that he's going to, this is where he, he makes the decision. He's going to face what's going on because he needs to do it to protect his dad. And just from that moment, every single thing he does is, is just so heartbreaking. And at the same time, so amazing, you know, because he is, he is, even though he is trapped, He's going out the way he wants to. And that speech that he has at the end, especially when he lets Hector Salamanca know. Yeah, he's in that, that, was good. that was good. Um, that was absolutely brilliant. I, I, I've been waiting for that moment without realizing I was waiting for that moment. Um, it was it was a wonderful thing. So I, 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 I actually I, felt bad for Mike, too, because Mike. Oh yeah. Mike was trying. Like he was really like he realized that he was screwed that that Nacho was screwed as well, but he was trying to do everything he could to protect him as best he could because he knew the entire situation was absolutely unfair. Mm-hmm. Um and it really went against Mike's like code of honor. And so I I felt bad for him too. Because, oh, yeah. you know, because he was like, he wanted, he wanted there to be a way for Nacho to get out of this. And he can't, he knew the same as Nacho did. There isn't. There's no way. They're not getting out of this. But he was like, well, I'm going to treat you like a human being for as long as I can. You know, I'm going to treat you well. I'm going to give you respect. And I'm going to make sure that your last hours are not horrible, if I can help it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that oh, exactly. also so, was super I mean, emotional. At the very end, at the very end, when he was positioned to shoot him, it was to prevent anyone from torturing him to death. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. He wanted. He was like, I need because that's the thing is, he sold his position as a sniper to to uh, Chicken Man Saul. Not Saul. Good lord. Uh, <laughs> to Gus Fring. Gus. He sold it to Gus as like I'm just covering your back and stuff in case something goes crazy. But really, it was to protect Nacho. That's really why he was there. And it, all of it was just heart-wrenching. Um, yeah, that was a really good episode. That was a really good episode. Brilliant um, episode. And then I'm trying to remember what happened. The only thing that happened with Saul and um, Kim was just that the cops are doing a fishing ex- expedition. And they've realized that Saul knows about Lala and they're trying to get him to turn to flip on Lala. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was like, dude, don't do it. She was like, she was like, you could either be noble and do the right thing or you could be a snitch. Oh, he said, no, she said you could be a snitch or you could be something. I can't it's, it's, you could either, you could either um, protect the uh, cartel or you can be a you rat. S- oh, you could be a rat. And I was like, yep, dude, don't be a rat. <laughs> I was like, don't do it. That, that's a bad that's a bad call. So that that was pretty much all that happened on his side of the story. But uh and knowing we well, knowing where we know Saul is going, he does not pick rat. Um Clearly. Yeah. So anyway, let's let's move on. Thumbs up. This episode was so far the best one of the season. I I'm oh, assuming brilliant. we're gonna get some better ones because it's the last season. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was really good. That was that was really good. All right, next up, we're going to talk Moon Knight, and this was episode five, so we've only got one left. 
Though I have no idea how we're going to wrap this story up in one episode. Um, yeah, I know. It, it was a lot that happened in this episode. Uh, it it really, I mean, it was more of an, or, it was a weirdly placed origin story where we find out all of Mark's backstory and how Steven got created. And then we, then Steven basically gets his noble sacrifice and noble end. Um, I don't think I saw all of that happening in one episode. And uh, Oscar Isaac's got to act his butt off in this episode too. So I I really liked it, but it was it was just a lot of information. None of it was particularly surprising information, but it was still just a lot of things I thought really happened, and I thought the story moved very quickly. Uh, Peter, you haven't talked a second. What did you think? I liked Moon Knight. Um, I. I still feel that this is a weird show that it's six episodes, but like, I feel like we didn't really need, like, I feel like the first three felt a little like they're spinning its wheels. I I liked the fourth episode a lot. And then I thought the fifth episode, while narratively it's kind of expected that it's like, oh, well, clearly he suffered some kind of trauma. And this episode is basically about him, him realizing what's going on. I thought Oscar Isaac really knocked it out of the park. Like, I mean, I know that he's a good actor and they can they can shoot, you know, two actors, you know, the, the same actor on screen with a lot of cutaways and stuff well in today's world. But I was just really surprised at how emotionally engaged I was by the, you know, the history with the mom and getting to that big scene um with what happens in the room, even though I knew I'm like, well, clearly he's, he's a character that's created to deal. So it's like, yes, I, I narratively, I understand what's going to happen, but the actor is just, the actor really like, he really got me emotionally. And then as a side note, I liked the, uh, I liked the CG hippo character. I kind of, <laughs> uh, so I, I enjoyed it. Like, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I have did not to say it, it brings a different really tone. Okay on it. It brings a different tone to that uh, hippopotamus song that he sang on Jimmy Kimmel. Now I like yeah. get it, and I was like, "Oh, that's what that was about." So, uh, Allison, were you okay with it? I didn't hear what you said. Uh, you know, honestly, Moon Knight for me has been almost like you know the the original Star Trek movies. Every other one doesn't suck, um, <laughs> and and unfortunately, this is one of the other ones. Uh, not one of the other yeah, others. Like, um, I really like this I, one. Yeah. I really, I was actually surprised, Peter, that you liked it because the previous week you had been complaining that they went, you know, with all the tropes and all the the cliches. And they, this they, one, they dove headfirst into the you're right. deep into the trope pool. They did, and but yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry, but I, I mean, I agree with you that uh, that that uh, the performances were were great. You know, I mean. I, I don't think that Oscar Isaac has ever given a bad performance. He's just an excellent actor, and he, he really was working it in, in this last episode. And kudos to him for that. But I think the material he was given was just, I mean, I will cry at anything. I will cry at, at you know, carefully crafted detergent commercials. But this thing, <laughs> I didn't, my eyes did not get really? the slightest oh, bit wet. I was I was completely because everything was by the numbers. It was so tropey. It was so cliched that I, I was just rolling my eyes through all of it. And it was cheap and easy. 
there's if if he's going to become if he's going to have a trauma that's so horrible that his personality is going to fracture as a result of it they they just went the laziest silliest way imaginable it just didn't i mean if if everyone reacted to abuse like like he did well it was a combination of abuse and and his brother's death it was two things and and the guilt but you know i mean i'm sorry but it just it just wasn't enough you know i mean they you know to to give you an idea on on doom patrol which is a ridiculous show which you know it's i mean it's completely nutty and and out there and not everybody's taste certainly but they have a character on that who also has has uh the the multiple personality syndrome i forget what they call it now um but uh they they actually handle it better they give a much better reason you don't question at all how her personality fractured and why and and they they keep it consistent with his personality, first of all, the the excuse just seemed extremely disnified and and way too mild and lame. And second, it doesn't even make sense in context because presumably he created the Stephen character to be someone who was strong enough to tolerate the abuse and deal with it. And yet Stephen, as we no have no seen, no no that's that's the exact op- no that's the exact opposite. He created the personality to not be aware of it. So like. The Stephen personality doesn't even know that it happened at all. So it's it's not what it's the opposite of what you're saying. Except it doesn't make sense because he's the one that is actually present when the abuse happens. No, he's not. He's he's the one that's protected from it. It's a weird thing. He thinks his mom's alive. That's he thinks his mom's alive, and he thinks that his mom is super nice. But in the in the scene when he's a little kid and the mother comes in and and takes out the belt. That's when you see him fracture and he's literally like holding this little conversation with himself as Steven, as his mother is about to beat him up. I mean, that is happening in the scene. So that doesn't make sense. Okay. Hmm. Well, let's, we need to, we need to move on anyway, but uh, I think we're obviously split on our movie. Oh, now I'm nervous. Now I'm nervous to see what she's going to think of Halo. (laughs) Uh, But all right. So, well, that's the next one we're going to next up is Halo. And this episode, what I'm sure what Peter liked is we didn't spend any time <laughs> yeah, with no, uh, no, Han on that planet at all. It was all God. Master Chief 100% of the time. All right, uh, Peter, go ahead. You take you take the yeah, reins on this one. I think it's the best episode they've had. I mean, like, we don't have, to, we don't have Quan, so that's a plus. And they, they moved the story forward. They didn't the, – the big confrontation between the Master Chief for John – and McKee was pretty good. Not exactly what I thought. Yeah, not. I didn't see that coming at all. And I, like, I liked oh. how they bypassed any re, any subterfuge. Like, because I was like, oh, she's gonna trick them into thinking that she's just a regular human. No, they didn't do that at all. They I mean, actually. I guess we we will ahead. see what else. I will say, I assumed that everyone was gonna love Moon Knight, and I was surprised that online. A lot of the sites I go to thought that Halo was the big winner this week, which I really liked Halo, so I was happy. And and I would um, agree with that too. Oh, so you agree? Okay, yeah, because I thought, yeah, I thought it was pretty. I like, I like, I really like the scene where John puts, uh, or he bait Halsey's in a room and he he locks the room and it's like you know radiation, radiation portion, yeah, ten seconds. And I was like, we can't kill her. And I was like, oh, it's basically a test to see how much control. 
Cortana has. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I was like that. I thought that I, I didn't see the, that there. There was a narrative because I understood how mad he was in Halsey. And I was like, whoa, would he really kill her? I was like, I don't. I was like, no, nah, he's not going to do that. So I didn't see that coming. Um, I, I, I still am. My only thing narratively is I am still. So they showed that John and Mackie have the same. It's either like the same DNA. There's something about them. They have a like, strand of their DNA, an aberration in their DNA that's identical. Right, which is like impossible, and it's the same. We have not seen. My understanding seems to be that when John was a kid, he comes across the artifact as a kid, and for some reason, because he's young, he touches it, and then it, and then for some reason, it kind of fuses with them, and that's why other adults touch it and like nothing happens. I, I think you're a, you're making an assumption. I see why you're making that assumption, but you're making an assumption that his DNA wasn't already different. You're assuming well, that the artifact a, changed I, his DNA. He, that these are all just wayward kids that were th- thrown into this thrown into this program. So you're saying he was already special? It, well, I, I mean, they what... grabbed the other. All the other kids didn't have altered DNA, as we saw. The yeah, other... no, I don't think it has anything to do with with the the kids who were part who, part of the program. Part, yeah, it has nothing it's, to do with it's, that. It's something. It's different. a complete. Yeah, it's it's just uh, this weird thing. The two of them are clearly genetically linked. Maybe maybe a thousand generations back. Who knows? And oh, it's just it expressed artifact... itself somehow in the two of them. Right. Wouldn't it make sense that the artifact changed their DNA? No, the I don't think so. But I don't think so. Because, because... First of all, that's not how DNA works. And not that, <laughs> not that science fiction has it's ever science. cared about anything like that. But um, I think in this case, they've gone very, very hard in telling us that the, this artifact is part of an, you know, comes from an ancient, ancient civilization yeah, that right. is no longer in existence. It could have, they could have died out hundreds of thousands of years ago there's no way of telling and i think whatever happened maybe they had something to do with early humans or proto-humans and and did something to the dna of a particular animal and most of it has vanished but every once in a while you wind up with like you know one in a billion people within whom that expresses that dna DNA. yeah exactly that could be um Yeah, I think that's, that's what I think that's what they're trying to say versus what you're saying, Peter. Yeah, that's the only thing that I need a little more clarification on. But I, I mean, I could be wrong, and you know, they'll tell us later. But I, I think I, I, that's I'm, what I've been. Yeah, I'm more leaning to what Allison is saying. So, but overall, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really good. I liked um, all the characters because I, you know, I, I like further seeing Kai with her red hair, and obviously she see she feels out of place now with the other Spartans and she's, she's clear, clearly she's going to want to get those chips out. Right. I'm assuming. Yeah. That... She, I think she, and I think that, that, uh, she wants them to, to feel what she's feeling and Correct. the information that she and the chief now know, she wants them to know as well so that they're one unit again. Cause right now you're right. They're not a cohesive unit and they're not on the same page at the moment. Oh, and I also liked, and then I'll let Ellison and you talk. I also really like the scene where, um, so John is decide, you know, he's touching the artifact and it's like really going overboard. And Cortana's like, "Hey, we need to shut him down. This could kill him." And Halsey's like, "Keep going." <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, I like that Cortana looked the way Cortana looked. Correct. At him. So I'm like, yeah. clearly that's the moment because in the game, the Master Chief and Cortana are like totally tight. 
And in here, they're not. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is the moment that Cortana is like, huh, this is going too far. And I eventually have to, I guess I have to like break my programming eventually. And I'm pick. assuming that they're laying the ground seed. That's what they're laying here. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. Because I mean, John basically told her she's going to have to pick a side. He, he was like, you're, you're either with me or you're with Halsey. You can't be with both of us. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that moment when she saw how careless Halsey is with John's life, I think that's when she's like, oh, okay. And now we hear where Allison says that Halsey is actually the the most morally best person on the show. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are you giving her such a hard time? <laughs> you do not take people. Stupid Spartan and AI are getting in the way. Like, uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> You do not take people disagreeing with you well, do you, Peter? <laughs> Go ahead, Allison. What did you think of this episode? I loved the episode. And for the same reasons that you do, they they stuck with the A story. We didn't get any of the, the shifting views over to the what seems right now a completely useless B story. I mean, as much as, as I, I liked Quan in the beginning, it just feels like they don't know what to do with her. So not having to deal with this in this episode made this... 100% better from the beginning. Yeah, they were yeah, focused. Absolutely. We got a chance to let the characters breathe and and get really to know them and have them talk to each other, interact. And and I think that worked tremendously for absolutely all the characters uh, that we got to see. Because this is where the focus of the story is, let's face it. Yeah. Um, oh, sure. And, and, so, and I, yes, it's absolutely the strongest episode we've had this season, sure. I was going to say, uh, I was telling Peter that I was shipping... Uh, Kai and the um, daughter, I forgot what the daughter's name was, the scientist. Because from last week's Keys. episode, I was like, oh, yeah, Kai and Keys is, is kind of my shit. But I was like, but the secondary, I kind of like Kai and the Master Chief. I was like, I could go with that, too. And then in this week's episode, they had the Master Chief and and uh, Mackie in that, dream, that shared dream. And he, like, caresses her face. And I was like... Whoa! I was like, I did not have this ship in my bingo. No, um, I'm not sure how I feel about what's going on there. Like, I have no idea where they're going because they're obviously on very opposite sides of this war. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was obviously also a serious sparkage happening as well. Like, what's happening here? Like, I don't know. Uh, so, give them points for surprising me. I didn't see that coming. Um, but yeah, just everything about this episode was very strong. And I really like the Master Chief in this episode more so than I have in any of the other ones. So, Well, I think in this episode he got to show how smart he is. Yeah. Everybody treats him like he's just this big lumbering walking weapon. Right. And in this, we got to see, wait a minute, no, he's actually really clever. And, and he's actually capable potentially of outsmarting these people. Right. So I, I really appreciated that. And I think that that made him much more accessible as a character. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, let's move on. Thumbs up all around for Halo. Yay. Oh, yeah. uh, next up, uh, Peter is going to talk about for the Banner of Heaven because I didn't realize it premiered this week. I apologize. So tell me, should I be watching the show? You know, I read the book or, or no, I listened to the audio book of John Krakauer's Under the Banner of Heaven way back in the 2000s. But honestly, I did not. I remember that it was a murder case that is, you know, about Mormons slash LDS, the division between the old school kind of polygamist Mormons 
and the more reformed modern day um, Latter Day Saints. And that, that that as I recall that I was like, well, that's basically the story. So the show creates a fictional character. So Andrew Garfield is a a Latter Day Saint uh, detective who's investigating the murder of a of a wife and baby who they assume the husband killed. And the hook the hook of the story and of the show is that basically the the murder suspect, the father, is like, it's not me, it's my family. My family was like really super Mormon, and they saw my wife as a threat. And they killed her and stuff. And so now we're ba- – and so the show is basically vacillating between him being interrogated and then going back in time. And they even go further further in time to give a history lesson of, like, Mormons, of, like, how they were created and stuff like that. Um, I do think they – Hulu debuted two episodes. I do think it's a little – it's it's Dust, Dustin Lance Black who did um, – he did Big Little Lies. He did something else. I, it's it's very well made. Um, it's a great it's great source material. I did think for the two episodes, um, I did think it was a little slow. Like I know it, this isn't. I mean, it's a murder mystery. It's not like this is going to be an action packed thing. But I did feel either they should have dropped three episodes or the two episodes should have been narrowed a little tighter. Um, but I'm very invested. Yeah, and I I find I find that kind of thing when you're talking about religion slash cult and the nature of evil and and how it can mix up with family and beliefs i find that stuff interesting and as a as a fun bonus the father of the of the kind of of the perhaps murderous family it's that guy i know allison um you dropped out of van helsing really early but on van helsing there's a character that libya you said he's been in tons of stuff He's the one who's deaf. But he's oh, evil. Sam. Yeah. So he's he, he is. That's he, the he's obviously the murderer. He's right. always the murderer. Always the murderer. Christopher right. Iredell is always the bad guy. And by oh, the way, okay. I went through. I I completely went through all to the bitter end of Van Helsing, and I will never forgive you for this. Did <laughs> you finish it? Yes, and oh my god, we that was told, bad. Why? I told you the last season was terrible. Oh it god. is. It is. No, but what, what happened? It, let me back. Let's back up. What happened was oh, Allison got ahead of us. Is what happened. And so when I recommended Van Helsing, I was only in season two, and Allison. Yes, you can stop there, really. What well, I'm just saying, I was in season two, and I was really liking it. And Allison sped ahead of both of us. And she got all the way to the end before either before I even got into season three. She was already done, and she was like, "This show is terrible. I hate you for telling." And I was like, "I'm only in season two. Like, how would I know you were gonna go that yeah, and fast?" Then Lydia, then Lydia, Lydia, who got me into it, she didn't even finish the show. I finished it. I, I only was... have one episode left. It's once, terrible. I know. It's... Once you told me the finale was awful, I was like, it "All was right." Awful. <laughs> so big, big, waste, big waste of uh, the actress from Battlestar. Oh uh, my god! All right, but anyway, we're off topic. But off yeah, so topic. under the banner of it, so that yes, so that guy, the moment that guy gets on screen as the ultimate father, I was like, okay, well clearly he's, he's the killer, he's either the murderer <laughs> or he's the Manson guy who had his sons do it. But he's still very, I mean, he's a good actor. He's good at what he does. Like, so. oh, yeah, but yeah, he's but always the, the bad guy. Is, he's always a bad guy. That's the thing. Yeah. as soon as you see him, you know. That's that's your killer, right? Yeah, there. I will say. Well, I will say to the shows to the show's credit, 
they are not i mean unless there's a flip of it they're not it, he's he's not presented as somebody that we're supposed to trust like a chesser cat like maybe i did it it's like no from frame one he's super controlling he's super misogynist he's like he's terrible it's like so they're not it's not like hiring an actor and like oh maybe it's like no he he's a he's a pretty terrible person like so i don't know he's well i don't like typecasting either sometimes that bothers me um but i find him interesting as an actor he's and fantastic he's really good yeah um, he's really, i just want him to play a good guy. guy i just want him to play a good guy for once no, no, I agree. It's like, to me, it's like Ben Mendelsohn. When Ben Mendelsohn was a good guy in Captain Marvel, I was like, oh, that's really nice. I was like, because he's always the bad guy. And it's like, that's kind of refreshing. So I know I know where you're coming from. Um, yeah. But anyways, for the show, I like it. I'll be curious to see where you guys are going. Again, I do think it's a little slow, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep watching. So there you go. All right. Well, let's keep moving on. Let's keep going. Next up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Picard. And this episode was called Hide and Seek. And Man, why are we talking about that new Star Trek? That got a that got a really good review. It's not that out cool. yet. <laughs> that looks we will really talk good. about. I'm sure we will talk about it next week. Um, but the, but Picard, uh, this week's episode is just from the title. I went, oh no, because it starts <laughs> off where it's like we have to take the ship, and I was like, yes. And then I saw the name of the episode, and I went, no, because that <laughs> meant that instead of taking the ship like they said they were going to do, all they were going to do is run around and hide, which was the entirety of the episode. What's the title of the episode called? Hide and Seek. Hide and Seek. So that's literally what they did. Picard, they split up into two teams, and they hid from the bad guys for 40 minutes. And I was like, oh my god. Um, Because last week's episode, I know you guys were like, oh, they're just, you know, wasting time or twiddling fingers or whatever and i was like well some stuff kind of happened and it was okay no this episode there was the only thing that happened is we got some more flashbacks as picard as a kid but everything that was revealed we already knew they literally told us two episodes ago all this stuff that happened in this episode like nothing was a surprise in the flashbacks at all and we spent the entirety of the episode with the main characters without a weapon running from these special forces Borg guys running through tunnels in the dark for 40 minutes. Holy crap. No. No, no, no. The only cool thing that happened was we got Seven back. Like, Seven got her implants back. And I was like, all right, I guess that's good. Allison, she I know didn't you... think it was terribly cool, but oh No, well. she didn't. But I did like the conversation she had with um, Rafi about it. I thought that was cool. Like, Rafi was like, the, the implants don't define you. You are who you are. And don't let, you know, don't let that change who you th- how you think of yourself. Like, that was a really good conversation. That was probably the best thing that happened in the whole episode. Okay, not so, that it had to compete with a lot else. Because, no, I no, mean, not was, at all. You know, I this whole ser- series, you know, this, you know the, the first season had its problems, but it also had, had things about it that I thought were promising. Um, it, it ended kind of a mess, but it started out interesting. And I thought, you know, they could really do a lot with this and, and do something special. And instead in season two, it feels like they had no clue in the world what this season was even going to be about because it just keeps 
all they do is run around, you know, just knees bent, screaming, arms in the air, um, making bad decisions. The stakes keep changing all the time. I mean, it starts out where, you know, the, the, uh, we are, meet this this mutated version of the Borg uh, who are going to be taking over everything. And then all of a sudden it turns into a story about being put into an alternate reality where it's all fascist. And then it turns into a story about time travel. And now it's a story about the Borg taking over planet Earth in the 20th century, uh, 21st century. And it just it they can't focus on anything. And the characters keep running around doing nothing that that is good. They actually keep making things worse. I mean, you go in the into the past. They they're supposed to be fixing the one thing that changed and otherwise not getting involved. And instead, they're changing all kinds of things. They're getting people killed right, left, and center who wouldn't have died the first oh, time. Oh yeah, all the people that get turned to the board, all of those guys. Yeah, and, and they just kill them. You know, they don't try to restore them. They just kill them. And and the 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 woman and her her son who uh, uh, Rios decides to bring onto the ship for no what? reason whatsoever. For no reason. I mean, it's oh just all these things happening that are just just making everything worse and worse. At this point, who cares if the woman actually, uh, if if Picard's ancestor actually makes it onto this this well, mission? Well, the thing that's weird it is changed we're not, so much already. I know the thing that's weird is I don't know why we're not spending more time with her because she if she the, was supposed to be the focus. She's the focus, right? Like I was like, but then what that's are we doing? Of this season, they say something is the focus, and then they immediately go running off in the other direction. And I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just, I'm just like, okay, let's get to the end. Let's see if they land it. Let's see if they, because they're going to wrap this storyline gets wrapped up this season. So I just kind of want to see what the wrap up is at this point. But I'm not going to argue. It, it has not been a great season. I like the beginning, though. I will disagree. I did like. The first few episodes, I really like them a lot, but they, they've obviously, the story just cannot withstand how many episodes. Like, it's only a 10 episode season, but the story feels like a five or six episode story. Uh, so, yeah. anyway, let's Well, I would on. like to say that they lost the plot, but I don't think they had one to begin with. I think they did, but I don't think they had enough story to fill it up. But anyway, yeah. let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Ozark. In that Allison's going to tell us that it came back, right? Because I'm behind. Yeah, the final, the final eight, actually. Um, so we are we are down to the wire, and I saw the first two of the final eight, um, and uh, it's it's so far, you know, it's it's just picking up exactly where we left off the last time. So it's it's where. Uh, Ruth and her cousin has just been shot along with Darlene um, and she's on a revenge kick now and promising to kill the, the man responsible um, who's the head of the cartel or head of the cartel as long as his, his uh, uncle is in custody anyway. And they're trying to talk her out of, of committing this murder because everything that the birds have worked for all this time will fall apart. Everything is based on this deal with the FBI to to be able to get intel on the cartel and everything that that their their fund is based with their chair their so-called charitable fund is is rooted in being able to provide heroin to this 
pharmaceutical company via the cartel. So all of these things are mixed together. And if she kills this guy, if Ruth kills him in an act of vengeance, all of this falls apart. And Ruth doesn't care. She's just completely focused. That's, how, that's pretty much how those... revenge works. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you, can't, you can't disagree with her because, I mean, first of all, the person she's killing, um, and I'm, I'm blanking on that. I can remember uh, Omar Navarro, but I can't remember his, his nephew's name. Um, he's horrible. He's absolutely unhinged crazy as hell uh, and 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 a threat to everybody so i don't i don't at all feel bad about the idea that she wants to go off and kill him but it, but at the same time you know that that's going to just blow up everything so it's it's a wonderful couple of episodes where you see not only the process of her finally you know getting her revenge how she does it and and the fallout immediately afterward which is is scary and fascinating. I don't want to go into too much detail because there's, you know, I don't want to give away a ton of spoilers, but it was just, I thought it was brilliantly done. I am, I am really excited to see where this show, I'm, I'm excited and dreading to see where this show is going to be going when it finishes up because it's, it just never tries to lighten up and give you something artificially positive. It's it, it and now that we're going down to the wire, all the things that are, are starting to fall apart and go sour and get very dark. And so while it's fascinating to watch and all the performances are amazing on this show, um, I'm 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 kind of dreading. I mean, we've we already had the preview of that car wreck, so we know where things are going. Now, what happens in the you know, leading up to that and if there is even an aftermath to that, we don't know. But I'm I'm really, really enjoying the ride so far. It's an amazing series. I, I think, think it's I've one watched of the best on TV. Two, I know I've watched two seasons. I don't remember if I watched. I think I didn't see three. I think I'm. I think that. I think that's where I'm at. Well, so, I, I highly recommend catching up because you know if there, there's certain things on the air that like I, I don't feel are worth the time but this is this is one of those things I, I think it was I just think that it's such a dark show up. that I was just like I don't need this darkness in me right now so I think that's pretty much what happened which uh, I understand I mean you know I, I watched just two episodes of it um, the, last night and then I immediately went and watched something a lot brighter and funnier because <laughs> I didn't want that to be in my head right before bedtime. Right. Um, so I get that. It's, and it, it's, it's not the kind of thing that you necessarily want to marathon, right. but um, yeah, it's, it's a brilliant. brilliant I, I totally agree. What I saw for the first two seasons was amazing. So I get you, but let's move on next up. We're going to talk about outer range, possibly for the last time. Uh, I was going to say this season, but maybe the last time. So I feel like this show did a, a bait and switch on me where they're like, hey, do you want to watch a sci-fi uh, sci-fi Western? And I was like, yes, I absolutely do. And they're like, uh, that's not this show. <laughs> um, so the first two episodes I thought were really good because I was intrigued. I wanted to know more. I was like, what's going on with this hole? They go to the future. And then the next two episodes were just weird and bizarre and i was like what is going on and people are dancing naked and what what is happening i was like this feels like twin peaks this does not feel like the sci-fi western you promised me 
And then I was like, well, that's fine. Let's see what the next ones are doing. And so then I'm watching this and I was like, nah, it's still Twin Peaks. Still just like super bizarre. Um, I did appreciate though that the, uh, the guy, the Tillermans, um, the, after he beat Royal over the head with a rock, he immediately falls into a, he's like, I have it. I have all the information. And then he falls into a stroke and now he can't talk, which is hilarious. Uh, at least because that guy's a terrible person. Um, and then he has to like, listen to his son sing horribly to him by his bedside, <laughs> which made me laugh even harder. Like that stuff was kind of funny, but it's just so frustrating that they won't do like, I want a sci-fi Western show and they're giving me something else. And this is not what I signed up for. And you know, so it's, I'm it's really weird. frustrated. I mean, it's weird. I, I can sort of see your comparison to, like, as a person who, I like the first season of Twin Peaks. I like the last season of Twin Peaks. I never finished the second season of Twin Peaks. But the thing I don't, the thing that frustrated me about Twin Peaks, even though it was intentional, was that David Lynch was clearly doing, like, a thing on not just soap operas, but, like, like teenagers. And so all the teenagers are, like, super exaggerated which grated my nerves. And in this show, it's not that, but all of the adults, I mean, although I do like Josh Brolin, but the adults' concerns feel like basically the adult concerns of basically most most dramas that we've had for the last decade. It's that, it's that same kind of tempered, kind of somber way of looking at the world. and that And obviously there's a lot of great shows that do that, but in this show... I just really want more of the whole. I really want more of the weird stuff. So it's funny when you compare it to Twin Peaks, because I was like, well, the stuff about Twin Peaks I like is the weird stuff. It's not the the cast. So it's, it's not about strange. the cast. That's, that's not what strange. I'm saying. It's not about the cast. I feel like you're misunderstanding what I'm talking about, which is I want story. I want information about the big whole. I want people Me to too. behave like real people, which they're not. So like... Josh Brolin yeah, finds okay. this weird hole that 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 goes through time, and he literally tells no one. He hides a body in it. The body shows up. He still doesn't tell his family. Yeah, yeah. The things well, yeah. that don't it doesn't make sense. Like and then the woman who pushed him in. He's yeah. like, Why he's like hanging out with her and playing po like, like no. You're like okay. So like, uh, yeah. So yeah. My that, that, that's yeah. I agree with you. It's like a, none of the characters make any sense in right. terms of the, they they have no logic to their correct actions. that's my There's, issue and and it it's incredibly frustrating it i agree that this started out really intriguing and mm -hmm. i i loved the first couple of episodes but i think the show is so invested in in being weird that it's not actually weird enough um because it's yeah, just weird it's in the weird. wrong ways it's, right. it's weird in the wrong ways, and it, it keeps getting invested in this murder mystery, which might, no. you know, the murder works as a way of getting to know what this thing is, but once you've gone there, then then leave that alone and start concentrating on this weird artifact. Correct. Um, and what it does and what it means, and and because th that's what's interesting about the show. We can watch, you could turn to CSI if you want to see a murder mystery. There's the the thing that that's interesting about this is the very thing that they seem to be ignoring half the time and it's become very frustrating the the fact that the characters behave with zero logic 
most of the time uh, makes is is just ridiculous. In this last episode, um, uh, Josh Brolin's character set the the woman's the autumn's tent on fire to get rid of her and i'm thinking it's your land just tell her to get out i know (laughs) don't have to burn her tent to do it it's just tell her to leave and then Um, and if that and if she doesn't that's what the police are for you're like there is someone who is an intruder on my land please escort her off my land yeah exactly you know i mean it's just not nothing that they do makes any sense and especially when he when he throws a body into into this uh pit and and then i mean afterward he falls into it and comes back again he should be expecting this body to come yeah back. And i thought that too i'm like you he should be looking everywhere the fact that he came back he should be like wait a minute is the body five feet away from me like yeah yeah. Looking everywhere, like I, yeah, I agree. And, and then, and then after the body comes back, he then tosses the bloody uh, belt buckle which he stole from the police into the pit. I was like, "That's not a solution. We've just proved that's not a solution. What are you doing?" It's so it, show up somewhere else. Yeah, and I was like, "This is stupid." Like, if you and it still had the blood on it, so I'm yeah. like, "If you're gonna do it, you clean it, clean the blood off, and then you." Try to get like bury it in the woods. Like, what are you doing? Seriously, if he buried it in his backyard, they they would have a better chance of missing it than actually throwing it into that hole. I guess, like, because I don't know if Outer Range is based on a book or anything, but like, I could see in the pitch meeting, even though it feels like it would be a dumb pitch meeting, it would be like, (laughs) all right, every every Twin Peaks spinoff is basically a murder mystery. You. Someone dies, it's usually a teen girl, like in Riverdale, too, and a bunch of other shows, and you spend the whole season trying to figure out who murdered her. What if, what if we didn't do that? What if we knew who the murderer was in the very beginning, and we spend the entire season with this weird thing where they're trying to hide it? I'm like, well, that's not interesting like no, i mean no, i mean it's, it's like yes. yeah because it's not a murder mystery to the it's audience not, it's, it's just a, a slog i'm like, yeah. what? I'm like what like the i'm like yeah i mean yes riverdale and a lot of other shows have copied twin peaks and at the time i was like well this is just another murder mystery that i have to spend the whole season but it i mean it's like if it's good it's still intriguing i'm like well i don't know who the killer is this is weird because i was like well i don't I'm like, I know who the killer is, and I and and like you guys are saying, and they're not really behaving like regular people. Like, well, I would say the mom is, unless she's not in the next next episode. No, she is. The mom. Yeah, the mom Lily, is actually Lily Taylor's character is the only thing that that's close to a human. In right, show. and she's behaving properly because she's super religious, and knowing that her son killed somebody and the husband is covering it up, it's messing with her faith, and so she's having a crisis oh, okay. of faith. And that totally makes sense. Like, you're right. She makes sense. And, but she doesn't have any of the information. Like, she doesn't know what's going on. And people are, everybody's lying to her. And it's just like, oh my God. It's just also like, again, going back to the soap opera thing that I think Lynch was sort of like playing with and stuff is that like, like that's the biggest thing of like older TV shows is the audience has information that the characters don't. And so you can only do that for so long. And so this is so weird that we are watching everyone 
lie and keep information back. And we're just like, shouldn't you just talk about this with your family? Shouldn't you be like, oh my God, this is crazy. Look at this thing, you know? Like, yeah, it's, it's especially it's, considering that the, his two worst enemies know all about this thing now, right. but his own family doesn't. I right. mean, how much sense does that make? <laughs> it's right, all for support, you know? Like, I just. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's let's wrap this up. I I think I'm out on outer range now. I think I think I'm, I'm out. I'm 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 probably going to regret this, but I'm going to watch just to see if they ever do anything that resolves any of this. <laughs> okay. Report back. Report back. Yeah. All right. I'm watching it, so you don't have to. Next up, we're going to talk slow horses, and this was the season one finale where we actually resolve things. Look at that. This hey. show actually resolves the and i do really appreciate that the uh kid who gets kidnapped pretty much rescues himself for the most part yeah i mean the distraction of the people there to rescue him helps him but he had a plan he had somewhat of a plan to rescue himself and uh so well also these guys were idiots that, that that kidnapped him like really do- like the the part where the guy's like this is the perfect place to execute you and he goes that's not even real that's not a real castle and <laughs> so he's like did you not do your homework and social studies this is really like and when he explains it to him i just cracked up i was like and then the guy was like well you know well it's english you know what you're talking about and i was like oh god <laughs> um and then the idiot other the other agents who got stuck on the side of the road because they didn't refill uh, their car with gas because the guy was distracted thinking about having sex with his partner. I was like, this is why you guys are in Slough House. Like, because you're <laughs> idiots. And uh, who goes on a high pursuit, you know, thing without filling up your gas tank? You're, and she was like, we were at a gas station. What were you doing? And he was like, uh... I don't understand what she sees in him at That's all. That's true. She's, she's literally she... like a hundred IQ points higher. That is than, also than true. Him. Yes. And and yeah, it just it's just amazing. <laughs> so, I don't. Obviously, know. she needs to get laid. Is really what she's saying. That's that's really what her issue is right now. But yeah, and then I liked when she made him go stand in the corner. She was like, "No, <laughs> you you stand over there. Nope, farther away. Stand over there. I can't look at you right now." She's like, "You're an idiot." Um. And I, I did like that bit. Uh, and then all of everything kind of really came together. And I'm not sure how I felt about the very end where they protected the guy from being executed. I was not sure what that served. Well, be, because they wanted him dead because then he'd be able to talk. And he'd well, be no. able to talk about the agent who he executed. Right. And they'd have to explain that. That's and true. they that they didn't want that to happen. So what they were doing was they were protecting him, so he wouldn't, he couldn't just be executed before he could give a statement. Yeah, but it didn't help the people in Slaw House one way or the other. Like I didn't care if that dude died or not, and, and I get that you know. Well, be, but yes, in a sense, because they were hoping. I mean, it it didn't work out like that because the the, the people they're they're up against are too powerful, but. They're, they were hoping that that would take uh, Taverner down. And, you know, it, di- it didn't work that way, but that's that's what they were going for. They wanted her to pay for this. 
Right, because that was that was crazy, and 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 what tripped me out, what actually surprised me, because I thought Tavener was trying to hide all this stuff, blame them for stuff, because her boss didn't know what was going on, and her boss comes out, she's like, you know, you did this whole thing, you set this all up, you need to clean up your mess. So her boss knew the whole time. Oh sure. And I was like, oh, okay. Goes all the way up. Yep, yep. So that was a little, that was a little crazy. But the whole episode, the whole season, I thought worked really well, and I liked how everything wrapped up. It wrapped up great. Like I was really impressed that all the pieces of the story came together. And I have to say, the when when the secretary was like, "What was the thing that that they wanted you to tell me about my husband?" and he's like, "Oh, I'm the one that gave him the gun." I was like, "That sounds like a lie." Like mm. I was like, for as much secrecy. And hidden files and everything that was going on, him to just say that, I was like, that's not big enough. I was like, that's not big enough. And so then they do the flashback and they show us what really happened. I was like, that makes more sense. Yeah. And I felt like the secretary should have, I think she's afraid to ask more questions because she doesn't want to be enemies with him. But I can tell she didn't believe him when he was like, oh, I just gave him the gun when he asked me for it. And she's like, huh? And I, I don't think she really believed it, but I yeah, don't think it's she... not gonna, it's not gonna be left there. No, and obviously, it's definitely not. not. No, no. Um, but... and I, I have to say, it didn't surprise me. I, I worked out exactly the way I thought it was going. To. Yeah, yeah, me too. But uh, the thing, the part that did surprise me was when he got in the car in the end, and there's Jonathan Price sitting with him. Yeah, and so it's like, oh, so now okay. it's all interconnected. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, that's good. I mean, yeah, I need second season, and I'm really annoyed that they've already shot it, and I don't know how long they're going to make us wait to get second season, because the trailer was like, coming next season. I was like, wait a minute, you guys shot all this already. I want to see it now. (laughs) So, and they didn't put a date, so we don't know when we're getting second season. So, I know that sucks. was very very frustrating. It's like you know dangling this little carrot and then going, I'm taking it away now. Yes. Um, wait. Oh, and I was right about Sid. Oh, the her not being dead. Yeah, not dead yet. Well, I don't know what her character. In, but... Her character was so cool that when she got shot, I was like, "Wait, what?" And because I liked her better than the guy, so yeah. so then when she gets shot, I was like, "Wait, what happened?" And then they're like, "Oh, and she's dead." I was like, "What?" I was like, "You killed her off." Because then I was like, "Well, if you were gonna kill her off screen, why didn't you just?" kill her when she got shot in the head and then be done so that didn't make any sense and then they're like oh they hit her i was like okay that makes more sense uh so she's obviously she's obviously coming back for season two yeah it seemed like a lie when she she said that she was dead so i was i was not surprised about that at all but i was i am interested to see how they're going to bring her back hopefully we don't have to wait too long what are you gonna say peter well, I, I muted most of this and I came back because I heard you say trailer and I was like, OK, they're done. And then um, I heard you say that, obviously, Olivia Cook is. Uh, yes, yeah, she got she's the one who got shot in the head. So you're right. saying she's is she out of the whole season then? Yeah, she's not, she, the, she's, not yeah. she's not in the whole season. Well, she got shot in the head, dude. It's not like she's going to like jump up and oh, join she could the have team. had some scene where he visits her in the hospital or something. I mean, well, like, there was there is that she didn't that do a whole lot of talking in that. Yeah. So they so they tell the main character that she died to yeah. protect her. Yeah. yeah. They tell they t- the the, the MI five basically tells them that she's oh. dead. 
and then the computer hacker guy uh, hacks into it, and he figures out that she's alive. Wait, the hacker guy left them. At, left the guy at the hospital. So, yeah, so but he's, he's still part of. He's still working with them. He just ditched that dude. So did the first season? I mean, obviously no, because I don't want to know exactly. But if they, you're right. If they shot a second season, does that mean the first season isn't complete at all? No, it's absolutely complete. It, it yeah, totally. The story's the story. done. Mm-hmm. Story's so done. The, they have so an epilogue. Gary everything. Oldman versus Kristen Stott Thomas. That comes to a head and it is resolved. For the most part, but they're kind of like, okay, until our next meeting, you know. That's right. Yeah, so it's pretty okay, much. So they're not, so either, no, so, so that really means neither of them are in jail and like yes, they. Yes, correct. They, correct. They, make a, they make a deal at the very end and she's like, is this the only copy? How do I know that this is the only copy? She's like, just like I know this is the only copy. So they do one of those. Oh, numbers. and then I'm yeah. assuming the, the person who was kidnapped, that that is dealt with. Yes, yes. yes. So that yeah, story is done. Okay, all right. But you guys both liked it. Yeah, it was great. Very much. I yeah. liked it from what I saw. I just, I don't know why I didn't keep watching. I, I think I watched like three episodes. But you're saying it's six. So it's I guess only it's six. Only just four. finish it, man. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I liked it. So I think that's it. We're giving it a thumbs up. Uh, yep. So if you guys have any questions or comments, you send them to tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook, sci-fi.radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye.